Okay, well, welcome everyone to this edition of Human Wisdom Live. And today, uh, Dominic Curran and I are going to be talking about wisdom and leadership and how having this wisdom can enhance uh, your leadership qualities and, of course, help you be a much better leader. Dominic. Dominic Curran is a retired head teacher and he's been a leader in education for 12 plus years and been in education overall for 25, 30 years. So Dominic, our first question is, we're gonna explore four questions. Why do we want to be leaders? Uh, how do we find clarity, mission and vision? What qualities do we need as a leader and how can wisdom help us get those qualities? And lastly, how do you deal with the challenges of leadership? And we'll just take one challenge, call it stress, and we'll explore that. So Dominic, let's start with the first one. Why do people want to be leaders? So my thoughts around this, um, I go back to the reason I came into education in the first place, knowing that I wanted to be a, a leader of a school at some point, I came in with that that kind of mission um but what i the reason i think i want to be a leader is to make a difference to others and the best way i can do that is by leading a school so i suppose as a class teacher you have influence over let's say your class your 30 children but as a leader of a school you have influence over all of the teachers and all of the students that come through your school. So I guess that for me personally, the reason why I wanted to be a leader was I thought to make a difference. However, I've got a feeling, Manoj, that you're going to um, delve deeper and look at the, uh, the drivers behind that as well. Yes, I mean, what makes people want to be prime ministers or presidents or head of and any any organization that you're part of? You know, I was a spine surgeon for 30 years and part of many spine societies and so on. There's such a jostling for power, isn't there? <laughs> doesn't matter. It could be the local scouts. It could be the local cricket club. Doesn't matter. But everyone wants to go up the ladder and be a leader. And we think, we sometimes convince ourselves because we think it's because we want to make a difference. But what's going on in our thinking underneath that? And it could be, there are many drivers which are common to all human beings. The need for power. Status, because that brings recognition, which brings pleasure. The human mind seeks pleasure in a number of ways all the time. A sense of self-worth, perhaps, you know. Uh, I am somebody, finally. <laughs> um, or money, of course, is a driver for, you know, leadership positions often come with money. But you, we were talking earlier, and you mentioned another reason. Um, the... <laughs> Is this around how others see us? Yes, and about about your parents, perhaps, too. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's, 
it actually becomes quite uncomfortable when you're challenged to look uh, inside yourself at those drivers. Um, because on the face of it, as I said, you know, I'm, I want to be a leader to make a difference and, you know, become a head teacher. Um, but actually, um, I come from a, what I would call a working class background. And um, my father, particularly, who worked in a mine, uh, was very keen to see his children do, do well, be successful. Um, and I think, I wonder now, was part of my journey about wanting to prove maybe myself to, to my father, um, to, to show him that I was somehow good enough. Um, and that, that's a, s sitting here now thinking about that is quite an uncomfortable feeling. Mm. Um, but I guess it's part of who we are. So you um, brought up something really important, which is it's just about waking up to these hidden drivers in our own thinking, not to be critical of ourselves, to look at them with compassion and recognize, ah, yes, there is a need for power, recognition, money, fame, uh, all of those things that come with it to prove myself. You know, when someone becomes a leader of anything, what's the first thing we say? Congratulations. <laughs> We never ask ourselves, why is that? Shouldn't we be saying, oh, poor you. <laughs> You're going to be facing all these pressures. You're going to be suffering so much as a leader. Uh, what can I do to help you? You know what I mean? As if someone's got an illness. <laughs> but we always say, congratulations, because it's something we all want. Right? I think just, just what comes to mind as well, manage actually about when I became a head teacher two things was that my parents were able to say uh, oh our son is a head teacher and it gave them a sense of whatever it was a sense of self-worth pride or whatever and, and then at times sometimes it would it would surprise me if people asked me who I was or what I did and I would say a head teacher the reaction would be one of oh suddenly suddenly they see you in a in a different way mm. now actually was i really if i if i think about it was i really affected by that and had my own sense of self-worth being given a boost by their reaction as to oh that's because of who i am whatever yes. that might be of course and yeah. who you are has nothing to do with your title it's who you are as a human being inside. I mean, I've noticed that. I was a spine surgeon for so many years. And in any gathering, if you say, oh, I've been a spine surgeon, oh, they say, oh, oh, you know, that kind of. And of course, that brings pleasure, right? A subtle pleasure. And of course, all pleasure conditions the mind to want more of it, <laughs> right? So then, you know, this journey of wanting to be important in the world continues because but you see after a while you realize that's an empty road right the heart is still empty at the end of all that there was a, a conversation i had a few years ago actually it's really just come up 
about a head teacher who was retiring. And she actually said to me, I don't know who I will be when I stop becoming a head teacher. Yes. So she was very attached to that title. And yeah. it, it, that really strongly resonated with me that I, I, I wanted to make sure that, you know, now that I've now that I am not a head teacher, that I still had a sense of identity. But actually, as we sit here, what does that mean to me? Yes. Yes. You see, a fundamental truth of the human mind is that the mind looks out there for things to make it feel good in here. And if you're a leader and you've got people praising you and coming up to you and wanting to be, and you know, all of those things attract, power attracts people. All of that can be so stimulating for our, for our mind. By the way, nothing of the, none of this is right or wrong. We're just exploring what's going on. But as you said, the day you put your, you leave that position of power, then what? You're faced with your own emptiness again, right? So it's so important to understand all this that's going on in the background. Not that it's right or wrong, but it, these hidden patterns of thinking which are driving your actions might actually help you be a better leader and a much better human being. Okay, let's go to the next question, which is, how as a leader do you find your sense of clarity, mission, and vision? How can we find that for ourselves? So I've explored this question with um, several potential school leaders. And the, the exploration usually comes from, from a question about their story, you know, their, their journey through getting to where they are and trying to identify what resonates with them. So for me, I was very clear in the mission that I had. It was developing mind, body, spirit and community, living life to the full. That was the, the mission statement, which took me a long time to come up with that. And I always saw that as my um, North Star, mm. if you like. Mm. Um, the, the journey that I was on, and that's where I was headed. And that really made a difference, I have to say, in terms of me being a leader, in terms of me running a school. That message was very, very clear. Um, I spoke with passion about us. I believe it to the core, I would say. Um, so I found that a very powerful position to be in hmm. um, once I identified that. Um, but I know you're going to challenge me on this um, because I've spoken before about self-interest and about is it, is it, and again, this is so such a challenging conversation because I then have to explore, well, was my mission all about everyone else? because that's what I think it is, or is that mission all about me? Yes, that's a really challenging question. So you come into a leadership position and someone says, what's your mission, what's your vision? 
And where does the answer to that question come from? See, most of the time, it comes from our own thinking, from our own past influences, from our own conditioning, which we're not even aware of, because our past shapes our present and the future. So if, for example, you have come from, you've been brought up with fear and power, then you might come into that leadership position saying, well, this is the way I need to be. This is my uh, way I'm going to lead, which is with fear and so on. Or I might have come from a really disadvantaged background. And I think, oh, everyone should have opportunity. By the way, nothing wrong with any of these. But what we're just saying is that uh, you have to ask yourself, does your wish, vision, mission, and clarity of purpose, is it linked to your own conditioning, which you don't recognize, which is you? Or is it listening to the needs of the people you're leading and the organization you're leading? And is it in tune with what the world needs too? So I think leading with wisdom means Yes, by all means, listening to yourself and your conditioning, but being aware that's what it is, but also listening to what the organization needs and what the people in that organization need and what, how that organization fits with what the world needs right now. What do you think of that approach? You know, as I said, it is it is a it, it is a real challenge um, to question something that I've held dear for so long. Mm. But I think the awareness of it is 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 powerful. Actually, it's it's not it's not that I won't lead from that perspective. Mm. You know, I'm I'm still human. Um, and sometimes we're not aware of where that comes from. I don't know. It's um, it's a difficult. It's a difficult perspective to change. I'm I'm realizing as I sit here, I'm realizing just how attached I've been to that to that mission statement that I came up with, mm. and and you're challenging me to see it from another perspective. Mm. And I'm realizing how, wow, that, that I am really so attached to that. Yes. This is the right way for me. I must do this way. It has to be this way. So everybody has to see it from my perspective. Yes. And, and I think- How open I, am I then to another perspective? Yes. So Dominic, what you're highlighting is something that's part of every human mind. Right? It's not unique to you. We are all attached to our perspectives, whatever they might be. And wisdom comes from realizing that we are attached, from seeing that attachment and from being able to question it, from being able to ask yourself, where does this come from? 
why am I so attached to it? Is there another way of seeing the same thing? Maybe I should ask a few people what they think <laughs> about this organization or what it needs. You know, sometimes the quietest person in the room might have the most valuable input and advice for you. But if you're a leader who doesn't listen and take on board, it's not enough just to listen. It's also to give due weight to what is being said. That's the key. You know, as a surgeon, I was saved on many occasions by the most junior person in the operating theater saying, Hey, Manoj, do you realize we might be making a mistake here? <laughs> but I had that relationship with them where they never felt I was in a position of power or authority. I was just one of them. Sorry, Dominic, go ahead. I, just what really strikes me about what you're saying there and, and, and thinking about it from my perspective, there's a there's almost an expectation of, or you're a leader, like, you know, you talk about positions of power, such as the prime minister and, and, you know, and president and what have you. And there's almost this expectation of, oh, well, if you are that kind of leader, then you must lead with, you know, passion and you've got to have mission and you've got to drive everything through. And it's keeping that balance of, yes, there is an element of being clear of your purpose, but not being so attached to it that you don't miss out on the wisdom of others yes. and that you are open to the wisdom of others. And that's the a delicate balance where I think that sometimes in, in leadership training I've done in the past, you know, it's about saying, Oh, you know, there are times you must be, I don't know, an autocratic leader, but actually that, that doesn't sit well with me because I'm just thinking, well, who am I as a leader? I have to bring this. But as we go through this conversation, I'm already seeing this attachment to this or developing mind, body, spirit community. It's that's yours. That's yours, Dominic. Don't let that one go to actually just how open have I been? And I've got to be honest, that's, that's, that's me being vulnerable right here saying, I haven't think I haven't had that conversation. I haven't had that thought before, before this conversation. But there's a balance there, isn't there? There's a real balance, a delicate balance, I think. So what you're pointing out is we're always uncomfortable listening to a point of view that's different to our own. And the quality of great leadership is to have the ability to do that. Right? To be able to listen and take on board a point of view that's different to your own. And to give permission to everyone around you in your team to challenge your perspective. Think of the great companies like the Titanic that sank without a trace, Enron, the Kodaks, all these big companies, and the leaders surrounded themselves with people who thought just like them, they didn't want to be challenged. It was all about power in them. And that can be ultimately your own feeling, right? 
you just have to look at the prime ministers in this country or around the world who've come and gone. And if they'd had the wisdom to listen to the people around them and take that on board, my goodness, their own fate could have been different and so could the fates of the countries they led. But let me move on to the next question, which is, let's consider a couple of qualities that we think leaders need and how wisdom could help leaders meet, get, uh, attain those qualities. Let's start with one. Which one would you think we could start with? Integrity. Okay. Why is that important? Um, there's something around an imbalance about not living true to your purpose. There's something around, and again, this is where the balance comes in, of, of having that clarity of mission Mm. And saying, yeah, that's the, per that's the person, that's the leader I am. And if I don't live towards that mm. mission, mm. then I'm out of, I'm incongruent, I'm, I'm out of line with, and therefore I'm not living with integrity, I'm not leading with integrity. Mm. But again, as I sit here, to be open to the views of others and to be aware of that attachment that I have, am I truly leading with integrity then? Mm. Because I'm not taking into account the needs, the wishes, the views, the perspectives of other people. Yes. See, integrity is the number one quality of leadership. Without it, you know, you don't have a foundation to stand on. But think of the conversation we had right at the beginning. What brought us, what brings people into positions of leadership in the first place? And there are all those hidden drivers in our own thinking we're not aware of. Our need for power, our need for recognition and status and money and, you know, how others see us and all of that. If you're not aware of all that, which is in the end, your self-interest, your self-interest is going to dictate your thoughts and actions because it's at the heart of every human mind. You're not unusual. You know, it's part of how we are wired as human beings. But if we're not aware of that operating in the background, it is going to dictate your thoughts and actions, even though you might convince yourself that you're doing it in the best interests of the school or the country or the organization. Okay. So the mind is eminently capable of deceiving itself. And wisdom is having the clarity to see what's happening in the background. So it can't do that to you. There's, there's something around decision-making, actually. Um, 
being a decisive leader and making decisions from a particular perspective there, um, where have I made it? The question is for me, have I made that decision for the best interests of everyone or have I made it based on my self-interest and the conditioning? And I think for me, that's, that's the wisdom is in the, the question itself. Yes, yes. If you ask the question, you'll always end up doing the right thing. See, that's the, that's the beauty of the questions, you see, asking the right question. And then let's move on to, we've already talked about listening and how attached we are to our points of view and how important it is to listen to others. Let's take a situation where a leader is challenged and how a wise leader responds to a challenge. Um, well, I think there are so many so many examples I could come up with in terms of uh, you know running a school, leading yes. a school. Yeah. Um, not least things like the external accountability. Um, from organizations such as Ofsted who come in and, and judge you based on a particular set of measures. So that's a real challenge that, that's, that's common throughout. Um, well, I know it's common in this country, but I think it's common around the world about you know that, that external validation and, and accountability. So that's a real challenge there. And it brings with it, I have to be careful how I use that phrase, it brings with it the stress. Mm. But the biggest thing for me, the biggest difference about dealing with that was um, doing the inner work. So working on this inner leader, this self-understanding, this journey that we're taking with human wisdom and understanding that that stress isn't coming from that external circumstance. It's my reaction to that external circumstance. That's really hard for people, right, Dominic? It was really, really (laughs) hard. You've got an offset inspection coming. You think it's the offset inspection that's causing your stress. It's so difficult to have that awareness that actually your stress is a reaction from you to that external event, right? I've I've had conversations with myself, you know, that, that in, a, in a monologue, in a dialogue about the, the what if, what if they come in and see this? What if I'm found out my imposter syndrome? What if somebody comes in and realizes that actually I'm not a good leader? And, and that in itself, that reaction brings with it its own stresses and strains. But that is, and, and I see that, that, that is, my um my internal reaction yes and once uh, th- that was the biggest thing I, I often say this i say this to to everyone the job didn't change but i did mm. as a result of that understanding mm. and that was the most powerful thing that this life continues to go on challenges will always come up mm. that's part of life 
that's part of leadership. Mm. It's a really, a, a really impactful part of leadership and common. And we're not taking that away. We can't take that away. We can't take challenges away from people. What we can do, though, is empower people to look at it in a different way. Yes. And, and for me, we, one of the... We can do that through wisdom, more, right? And through this deeper self-understanding and this work we do on ourselves. Um, sorry, go on. I, I was just going to say it was... A, some of the biggest things around that was a, were about it, it comes down to awareness of seeing and hearing the the conversation and the, and the questioning that's going on in my mind and and accepting that is part of being human hmm. and that acceptance of okay I'm just being human it's just how the mind works was such a huge um, change in me because I got far less judgmental about myself actually far more compassionate for myself mm. as a result of that and because of that actually automatically the stresses and the anxieties settle yes yes it's almost as though you it's almost as though i didn't have to do anything it was in the in the not doing yes. in the awareness So I'm just going to take a few minutes and show um, the Human Wisdom app and the many uh, many things there that can help someone who's interested in um, the subject of leading with wisdom. So this is just a view of the app. It goes up and down and left to right. Um, right at the bottom in this section on living with wisdom, there is a module on leadership um, and it explores some of the questions. Well, all of the questions we've explored today, but many, many more. So for example, it's got a section on what is wisdom leadership, developing leadership skills, common leadership challenges and being a great leader. So if we just, I'll take you through one or two things. So, um, we talked about integrity and honesty. And we talked about how understanding our own self-interest, our conditioning and our fear can make such a big difference. Because if you've got fear of something, it's gonna push you to act in a certain way, which may actually be against acting with integrity. Um, and this, we explore how this integrity can be nurtured, and it's a really precious, fragile thing that needs careful looking after. Once our reputation is damaged, it's hard to recover. You know, um, we need to begin by regarding it as the most important trait of leadership, because what you regard as much really, really important. I mean, you know, I don't want to. Um, we could look at the current political situation in this country and say hey, I was just going out and having a drink, uh, for example. What's the big deal? But actually, if you, have, if you live with wisdom, you'll see how important integrity is, even in the smallest things in your life. Um, so that's just a flavor of that. And then, um, for example, 
how can you be a great leader? Um, wisdom can help you be one. Wisdom, leadership isn't something you're born with. It's something you learn and develop over time. And uh, it's about character. And it's again, character is something that you nurture in yourself. It's not something you're born with. So the best index to someone's character is how you treat people who can't do you any good. And the harm you do to people who can't fight back. And we've all seen leaders who have fallen short of that um, ideal. Leading with compassion is so important, as we know. And this compassion comes from realizing that the other person is the same human being that you are, with all their challenges and what's happening to them. Leading with compassion doesn't mean that you become an ineffective or a weak leader at all. In fact, it makes you much more stronger. People will want to follow you. And you can inspire them to do that by living, by leading with your humanity and your compassion. Uh, but all the other characters or the traits you need, for example, to understand your conditioning or how your mind compares or how your mind's reactive or how to understand your fear and your anxiety, all of these things are dealt with in the, um, in the app. So just for anyone who's interested, that's a place that you can explore. Any closing comments there at all, Dominic? leaders to realize they don't have to be superheroes there is a way to lead with vulnerability and actually the irony of this self-understanding asking the questions is a very brave thing to do and to show vulnerability is actually a brave thing to do and, it, and if you show vulnerability from that other people will feel as though they don't need to be superheroes. They can just be human too. And from that perspective, truly great leaders. Yes. So uh, thank you for that. And um, all I'd like to end with is by saying every quality of leadership that defines great leaders comes from wisdom. Because the inner qualities you need, courage, integrity, compassion, communication skills, relationship building, all of that comes from this deeper self-understanding, which we could call wisdom. You've been listening to a podcast from the Human Wisdom Project. To find out more about leadership and all the subjects discussed in this podcast, please visit humanwisdom.me. Till the next time, goodbye.